Hello and welcome to the McYap and Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. And uh, what we are, we're a movie podcast and we talk about movies and all sorts of stuff that's been going on, news that we've caught up on in regards to movies, and uh, we also review movies. And today we've got a whole bunch of reviews for you, a bunch of capsule reviews, don't worry we won't be uh, fucking talking about one movie for an hour. Uh, but I've got Hitchcock, Cloud Atlas, Wreck-It Ralph, Lincoln, Beasts of the Southern Wild... I'll be able to chime in on Cloud Atlas, Wreck It Ralph, on Beast of Southern Wild, and I'll also be reviewing Cockneys vs. Zombies. Can't wait for that. I also saw Skyfall, but we won't talk about that because Ian's already reviewed it, but here's my two second review. Uh, too much hype. <laughs> well, go to the cinema earlier. Look, you know, it's not my fault if I got fucking shit going on that I need well, to sort my life out. Well, you chose to make a movie and get married at the same time. That's your <laughs> own fault. Booyah! There I went you opening, go. I went opening night. It was fine. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but let's move on to news. Yeah, um, we always start our we always start our podcast with something to do with Star Wars or something to do with Marvel. So let's uh, not break tradition here. I didn't actually have any Star Wars or Marvel news this week. <laughs> this is just no, because I, I think it's gotten to a point now where someone is just reporting something to do with Star Wars just to piss people off because yeah. you're like. Every, now that uh, now that um, you know Disney has decided they got to get the ball rolling to earn back their 4.5 billion dollars that they spend, it seems like every week there's some kind of useless mundane shit that's been going on about the Star Wars movie. So like now we've got George Lucas chiming in saying that um, because uh, Harrison Ford was recently was, uh, confirmed a little while back that he was going to return as Han Solo, and the rest of the world is like, duh, you know. But did he really? But was that like? Was the he never he never he never said anything. Someone else fucking confirmed it. This was a this was a, a while back. Yeah. Uh, but and then even Mark Hamill was uh, getting a little piece of the pie, saying, "Well, we're, I'm talking to them. I'm talking to them. I uh, haven't signed anything yet, but uh, yeah, I mean, we are in negotiations." Yeah. And and uh, Carrie Fisher even said, "Yes, I'm going to be in it." Yeah. Only to have the next day her publicist say she was joking. So whatever, you know. Yeah. Now at this point, uh, until until I see. But that. now, but now you got George Lucas coming into it saying, uh, "Well, actually, they were in negotiations even before the Disney Disney deal was finalized." So they've been negotiations that long. That doesn't bode well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or that they were talking to them about it even before then. And even Mark Hamill gave an interview when the news when of the sale broke. That uh, actually George Lucas had gone out for lunch with Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and told them both about it and all that kind of this shit. Is you know, I mean, are we? Are we? Uh, I, I think the next the next thing is next week we're going to have like a news flash and it's like oh, Peter Mayhew's back. That's right. That's right. And uh, George Lucas actually met up with Peter Peter Mayhew and they had an egg white omelet together. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of shit. But now, based, according to George Lucas, um, they were signed a while ago. So like. Technically, he technically work for Lucasfilm. Anymore. Technically, shouldn't he just shut the fuck up? Yeah, but technically, he has nothing to do. He sold it to Disney. Right? He's already sold it. Yeah. So did he? He's bored. I I, I think what it is. I think he's bored. Direct, I think he was bored halfway through directing episode one. I think he was bored way before that. <laughs> I think he got bored like somewhere three quarters through Willow. You reckon? I reckon. I like Willow too. I like three quarters of it. But, you know, did they say when he, when he did they say he was stepping down as president, right? Was he going to be chairman of the board or something like that? Wasn't there something along those lines? Um, he's in one of those positions where you can easily fire him if you don't want him around anymore. Yeah, something like that. Because like uh, yeah, I think, I think Kat, Kat, Kathleen Kennedy was um, 
is now the, uh, she's, the guy, thought, yeah. she's the one who's running the whole thing now. So I think she's president of Lucasfilm. But sooner or later, like you, I, I even saw the video game one recently where a guy who was the president of. It's kind of like that scene in Spider Man when the board gets rid of Norman Osborn. Father and more Harry. And then you know, like George Lucas, he, you know he's got. I'm this company. You know George Lucas has a fucking glider somewhere. He's gonna come back and bomb Disney <laughs> why, when they fire him. He's gonna be there in his fucking Lucas glider in his green getup. Dressed, it's a, it's a, it's a speeder bike. He's gonna be dressed. To, you know, like he's gonna. <laughs> He's going to be wearing a Jar Jar Lives t-shirt. You know that boy loves Jar Jar. George Lucas loves Jar Jar. Jar money. Jar Jar made him a lot of money. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that was focus testing. Fucking focus testing. So yeah, that is the uh, Star Wars news for this well, week. That they might be cast or they might not. That's that, Star Wars that according shows. to George Lucas, they are confirmed. All three of those boys are confirmed. I'll wait till I see the IMDb page up there. No word on Billy D. Williams or, you know... Uh, Anthony Daniels. <laughs> Anthony Daniels will be. I mean, he will. Anthony Daniels and and uh, Anthony Daniels is the only Star Wars actor to be in every single film. Yeah, I mean, maybe this time, like, they should get someone else in the suit though. Now he's getting fucking. I think old. just to piss him off, just to piss him off, they should just get someone else. No, I think to actually be nice to him. That suit looks really fucking painful. What do you mean be nice to him? What the fuck else is he doing? And C three PO. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I should Google him just to see what he's up to. I Google everyone else. I think he's done voices and some of that, but when he's not a young man anymore, and you know, walking with that stiff-legged gait is, is a young man's job. Well, I mean, you see, even when he, even when, even when three Prio was uh, in the prime of his youth, he never had to run very fast. Well, wait, that, that, you see, Yoda did backflips in uh, episode two, episode seven. C three Prio gets an upgrade to Windows nine, Windows ninety eight. That's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. Backflipping all over the place. Well, what did you do? Up like, burn in hell, George. Do you realize what you've done? Do you realize what you've done? <laughs> R2-D2 got rocket legs. You sold, you sold your empire to the biggest meat grinder in the world. Progress <laughs> <laughs> for the mill. Uh, but anyway, that's my Star Wars thing. Um, that'll do James Cromwell. That'll do. Did you hear about uh, James Cromwell's uh, running with the law in Wisconsin? No. No. What is this? Uh, in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, yeah. Fucking James Cromwell going crazy in Wisconsin. I don't know. Did he eat too much cheese or something? <laughs> Did someone insult the Packers? What, what, what's going on? I don't know whether he was a big fan of animals or he's a big member of PETA before he did Bay Pig in the City or whether it was that that changed him, but himself uh, and a member I can't of- say I ever gave a shit about whether or not James Cromwell likes animals. I personally, I think it'd be, that'll do, Gav, that'll do. Personally, I think it'd be really funny considering he did Babe if he hated animals. Yeah, I'd be, be, be if he just loved. That'd bacon. be awesome. If he you only know? ate bacon, if he had a medical condition where he could only it's like eat bacon. The, like the animal version of Jimmy Savile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently himself and another pet representative ran into the Wisconsin University Board of Members uh, board board of education meeting and was screaming about how the fact that they kill thirty cats a year for torture for. Um, Testing of products, lab testing. lab testing. Yeah, thirty cats a year. Roughly, apparently, thirty cats a year. I would have yeah. thought the uh, number would be a bit higher than that. Well, that's the number they said. So maybe, maybe that's all they. Yeah, they claim up to thirty cats a year, starved, deaf, and decapitated for brain research. So Jesus. they didn't like this, but they just ran into this video. Is online. it not possible to research their brain without decapitating them? Is there something about decapitating a cat that the, that it makes it easier to research the brain? Why I can't? Know. I mean, apparently, this is the sick fuck division. Can't they just like fucking like you know like tie tie the tie the fucker up and then cut his head open and then do it that way while he's still alive? Well, I mean, kill him. Kind of worse. Kill him first, you know, or 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 at the very least sedate him. Do it like uh, Hannibal Lecter type shit. (laughs) I don't know. Flambe the motherfucker. But they ran anyway, and he got arrested. So. um... And that's quite a mugshot as well. I mean, uh, I I must say, he looks scary. He does. He looks and that's like an awesome building. He, he in this picture. We'll put this picture up, guys, yeah. just so you can see the shit. And there's a video of him. But he looks like if you've seen the poster for American History X, 
This he's is the older version. He's the older version of Edward Norton. <laughs> he gave up on the Nazism and went into he, militant animal rights. He looks like a fucking white power bill, you know? <laughs> look at this. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't this mother? Even the look in his face is like this. Don't he, he's even got a lumberjack fucking check shirt on. I mean, it, it it's it's it writes itself. So he was he was arrested anyway for disorderly conduct. John Sales is going to make this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was another story, but I couldn't find verification of uh, Bill Murray stopping a burger, a bank robber in Tokyo. Oh really? I haven't heard anything. It went across a couple of websites. It was apparently some bank robber was running out of a shop, a bank, a bank and uh, saw. Bill Murray and stopped to talk to him, and apparently that's when he was apprehended. But I couldn't find. I couldn't find. Well, that's, that's not quite. That's not quite the same thing as Bill Murray stops a robbery. He did. He just stopped it with his chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was standing in the street in a suit with a whiskey in Japan, going. Look. Someone needs to do like a series of uh, Bill Murray jokes, the same way people have done jokes about Chuck Norris. Yeah, but they're just slightly surreal and odd. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some shit like that. You know. What are the what, what are the Burton? No, I can't even think. Of. I can't even think of one right now. Let, let's let's not try and be clever. It's not a good time. Yeah, this is not the podcast. <laughs> but you but you know what I mean, right? But Bill Murray's a perfect candidate for stuff like yeah. that because he's just proven himself to be consistently awesome over the decades. Yeah. And the older he gets, the more surreally, crazily awesome he gets. Yeah. Uh, trailer news. So, set by set, what's on the moment? I think Danny Ball was giving a speech on something. So, we're trying to trance his new movie. Uh, we so just we just saw the Red Band trailer. It's fucking awesome. Post- <laughs> I mean, it does look like because you mentioned Welcome to the Punch as well. So, Welcome to the Punch is the, James McAvoy's in both. Yeah. And uh, what's the oh, Ball dude who's in everything? Mark Strong. Yeah. yeah. Mark Strong's <laughs> the Ball dude is everything. Good cow. You know, they did. They did look like you know. It looks like generic crime drama. So there's a moment in this trailer when you're going, "Oh shit, this is this is what." Even, but even without, uh, you know, when we're and we're back to talking about transit, we're not we're not talking about Welcome to the Punch. Even yeah. without that last shot in the trailer, yeah. I was still hooked. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I I find all that hypnosis shit really really fascinating. It is a very good idea. So James, yeah. James McAvoy is someone who's involved in a heist steel painting. Who's the French guy who's after him? Vincent Cassell, yeah, also nuts. known as uh, Mr. Monica Bellucci, luckiest man in the world. Yeah, and he's some accident happens and he smashes the painting and can't figure out where it is. So yeah, he's yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, there's enough. There's enough. What is real? Of, what is not real? There's enough sort of a surreal gruesomeness in this trailer that uh, and that last and that last shot. When you see the trailer, you know what we're talking about. But there's a last shot in there that, for me, as soon as I saw it, I just thought David Cronenberg. Money down. David Cronenberg. Yes, it was, there's something very David Cronenberg about that. And it's, it's beautifully done. It's a shot that I haven't really. I don't think I've seen that. I mean, maybe the, I might have been done in some of the more out there gorefest horror movies. When, but I've never seen that done before in a trailer. I just yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, Red Band, you know, uh, and that's and that's a different way Red Band trailers are used. Normally, Red Band trailers are not really used for violence or for uh, or in this case, tasteful gore. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't realize there was such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that's as much as I'll give away about this uh, last shot. You should check out this Red Band trailer. Definitely it's works. it's very, very interesting. Um, but like I was saying about the whole hypnosis thing, I love elements like that. It's one of the reasons I'm such a big fan of Dead Again, is that whole sort of hypnosis past lives thing that they did. Uh, there are elements of this and that. So I was really... I thought it was a really good trailer. I'm really psyched about this. You mentioned Welcome to the Punch. So that's the... What is it? That's the... 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 That
Mark Strong is a gangster whose son gets sick. Yeah. All the other gangsters are going to kill him. So something they like have that. To team up. Or something? So, yeah, something like that. It's one of those trailers, and I mean, not one of those trailers. It's like every trailer these days. It just tells you the whole fucking movie. It oh, just, so it looks incredibly teal. It has that teal and amber thing going on. Yeah, yeah. It looks like um, it looks like the kind of movie Catherine Bigelow would have made in the eighties. <laughs> you know, it looks like Blue Steel, that movie sh- that Catherine Bigelow directed with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, uh, that's that was made, I think, in eighties. 89 or 1990 or some shit but it has this very sort of I like that look personally but it, it's it's I, a I, 4.0 I would have liked it a lot more had you not you know you can be a generic actioneer don't fucking tell me you're a generic actioneer yeah, yeah. try and at least sell yourself as something a little bit better because it's nicely shot it's got a really cool cast yeah um, it's a who's who of British actor yeah uh, that to, and, and, you, and the trailer just kind of I mean if there's any more plot I'd be pretty surprised. Yeah, it, it looks like them, it shows them teaming up, teaming up in the third act of the trailer. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so I think the movie kind of the trailer, you know, the movie kind of dropped the ball as far as that's concerned. But I still want to see it. Yeah. I'm, I just don't want to see it as much as I wanted to see it before I saw the trailer. And Mark Strong's always good. Mark Strong's always good, good for value. I mean, he was pretty much the best thing in Green Lantern. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's pretty good. And he was even, he was even elevated uh, John Carter for once. You get to do much of that apart from walk around his bathroom. That's right, but I mean, I liked John Carter as a whole. I, I mean, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. There was no one. Actually, my favorite character was the Willem Dafoe character, the yeah. Tharks. I, I thought the Tharks were the best thing in the in the, in the movie. I thought the Tharks were very well realized. Yeah, yeah. Um, Castle, yeah, and all that. yeah, and you know, I mean, and but watching Dominic Weston, it was kind of weird because at that point I was kind of kind of started started watching The Wire, and it's just like, what the fuck is McNulty doing here? You know? It's weird because since then he seems to have gotten a niche for himself in like Elizabethan or Victorian dramas. As a lot of English, as a lot of English actors do. You is know. he Australian? No, he's English. I thought he was Australian. No, he's not. Because he plays Australian in a lot of things. He's kind of got an Australian accent and John Carter, and he was in. Um, He's in 300, right, as, as a senator? Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like the... He's from the Australian part of Greece. Don't freak me out. <laughs> he's not fucking... Sheffield, there you go. Okay. Sheffield, England. Well, maybe it's when he's trying to do an American accent that comes off as uh, Australian. Well, I mean, his American accent is only a con- very convincing in The Wire. Every other movie I've seen... Because he's, kind of, he's playing McNulty, an Irish American cop. Every, every other movie I've seen him in where he's done an American accent, it does sound kind of weird. Like mm. his American accent in Punisher Warzone. I haven't seen that. You haven't seen that? No. You gotta see it. It's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking funny. The Frank Castle punches a hole in a man's face. <laughs> I remember you telling me that a lot. He punches a hole through the back of a guy's head. It's ridiculous. We'll never get a good Punisher movie. No. No. We'll we don't deserve one. one. We don't deserve one. We've been bold. I think, I mean, personally, I think Punisher is one of those characters. It's like Preacher. Or Sandman, you can't you can't do it in a movie. You need no. to do like a HBO series or some shit. Yeah, that's the only way it can work. Exactly. Um, speaking of people who like you know all the British talent that's in um, Welcome to the Punch, we should mention one. Some I don't I don't think he's in. I hope he's not in it. But uh, another British talent. Yes. Uh, who had a bit of a bad day recently is Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer. Uh, he was in Rock and Roll, right? Was he? Wasn't he? I don't remember. Isn't him, that man. where he made his? his, his I, 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 I mean, like uh, the the best movie he's made as far as I, I can remember is uh, Severance. Okay. He did this movie called Severance, which was uh, pretty good about um, an office, an office sort of, um, uh, sort of seminar kind of uh, public. Uh, I mean, like positive reinforcement seminar thing that they go road trip, uh, field trip that they go on uh-huh. that goes horribly wrong. Um, and that was actually pretty damn good. Uh-huh. But for the most part, 
Uh, I just can't stand this fucker. <laughs> Football factory, human traffic. The business. Basically, he's a guy who... Uh, he plays a Cody white boy! He basically plays the same character all the time, and he was fortunate enough that... Um, that he, he had a pretty good de- debut, mm. uh, which I think was the Football Factory, yeah. I think. Um, oh, no, it was Children's Ward. Fuck, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> BBC, ITV, I think it was. No, but I mean, his breakout role, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, I think was Football Factory. He's in Catfell as well. And, and the Bill. And the Bill. Well, there you go. You're going to be on the Bill, yeah. Human Traffic, Soldier, Soldier, Highlander TV series. Uh, but the, pro- the problem is, is that I remember like uh, he was giving an interview after that. Um, after he kind of had his little moment in the sun mm. you, I remember uh, reading an interview of his Where he was talking mad shit About Ewan McGregor uh-huh. Basically saying is like, And basically like talking about himself How, like, how he doesn't want to You know that he doesn't want to Like fall into a rut And then he's like Look at Ewan McGregor Brilliant in train spotting Shit in everything else Yeah he's got a fucking mouth You know he's got a fucking mouth Which he has so, fucking Yes <laughs> And this was like When he was nothing yeah. <laughs> You know so So to To to, not, to, 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 to hear about this I found it Karma's a bitch So essentially what's happened Is his latest money uh, latest movie Run for your wife Which was apparently A successful East End show mm. uh, Made £602 In the UK As a country uh, <laughs> On opening weekend That's crazy <laughs> That's like one cinema You just that's, like, that's not even One full cinema Is it? Uh, no I don't think it is 30 people Six. Well, like I mean, a small. Like, I'm talking screen four, maybe eight. Well, I mean, like, what what, what is a, a ticket in England now? Like twenty pounds. Fifteen pounds. So yeah, let's let's just uh, do this here. What is <laughs> what is six oh two? Yeah, we're not. No, yeah, we're we're old and we don't know shit. If I buy fifteen, so forty. 40. Yeah. 40, 40 people went to see this movie. Roughly. Okay, so that's, yeah, that's like a small screen. That's a small screen. That's a full, a one, full, one, one full house. Or an awful lot of lonely people. <laughs> in single screens around the country. I reckon, I reckon they were sort of like, you know those 15-year-olds who go on dates to, yeah, to, yeah, to movies, to movies they don't want to go see? Yeah. Or, just, or just knocking off school. What's on? What's on right now? Let's, oh. ha- let's, ha- let's have sex in the cinema. No, but no, people will see us. No, we're going to go see a Daddy Dyer movie. <laughs> Nobody will be there. <laughs> Booyah! All right. Yeah. That's- so if you see a bump in the uh, birth rate in the UK in nine months' time, then maybe that will be the case. Thank you, Danny. Yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking shit now, boy. <sighs> uh, I'm not sure if you'll be disappointed with this, but the Hobbit's been the third part of the Hobbit will no longer be July 2000. Yes, it'll now be December. It'll now be December. I am. I am disappointed. Um, but at the. Doesn't matter. It'll be Christmas last year, Christmas this year, Christmas yeah. next year. I am disappointed, but at the same time, I'm also relieved because um, it's a Christmas tradition now. It, n- not just that, but because I know how much they still have left to shoot. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't want them to fucking. Well, they're on. They're, they're on the literally the page after the exact half of the book at the moment when they're shooting. I mean, Peter Jackson has a reputation for playing it. Close to the wire. <laughs> Close to the wire most times, but uh, after they decided to uh, because. After they decided to turn, you know make it a trilogy, mm. the amount of uh, you know new, new you know the amount of new footage that now has to be shot. I mean, wh- whether they whether that, they can shoot the it. Thing. They shot two. They shot the two. They shot it as two, and yeah. then they pitched doing the third. Yeah. So then they have to go back and shoot all the filler now. Yeah, yeah, and it's 
you know, I mean, I'm not saying that they can't get the edit locked in time. Uh, my concern is more for because you know because it's fucking Peter Jackson, the amount of special effect shots that are going to be in this. Uh, the you know the the Battle of the Five Armies alone hasn't been shot yet. I mean, I mean, it might have been, it might be shot now, yeah. but upon the last report, it had not been shot. When when the Hobbit came out, which wasn't that long ago, yeah. it had not been shot. So there's a lot of shit to do. That's a lot of fucking effects work. The, just the battles of the five armies. And well, they shot it. They just have the dwarves and a lot of green. And I also remember when the Hobbit came out, Peter Jackson was saying that they haven't entirely figured out Smaug yet. So it's uh, damn straight. You better delay that fucking movie. The premiere is just uh, Benedict Cumberbatch wandering around in a green suit. You know, you, you can't fuck up Smog, you know? I no, mean, you, you gotta be very... Gotta oh, be, look at this shit. He's gotta be a character <laughs> in the movie. He's gotta be hardcore and excellent. Mm. I mean, Smog is basically the second... This is the second movie's Gollum. Mm. You know, like back in the original trilogy. It's like they were... Like when they did Fellowship of the Ring, they had no idea how they were gonna do Gollum, which is why when you see Gollum, he looks nothing like the Gollum from Two Towers or Return of the King. Yeah. So it's exactly the same thing with this... You don't, you don't, you don't, they don't they show you at the bare minimum of smog in the first film because they haven't figured the shit out yet. If smog doesn't work, it's going to be very bad. Yeah. It's going to be very bad. He's a major... He's, he, he pretty much is part two. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's what they're doing. It's, it's kind of like, you know, if, like, if they fucked up Yoda in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. But no, I'm actually... No, I mean, I'm disappointed in the sense that it would have been nice to see it a little bit sooner, but having said that, I'm also kind of relieved because I just know how much work they have to do. And I just now I associate Lord of the Rings movies with Christmas. Uh, it's always that just you know on the board yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 Christmas presents the following week yeah no I know what you mean I remember I, 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 to get on the plane. no I remember that first year after Return of the King where it's like oh shit it feels weird with no fucking Lord of the Rings movie yeah it, it, <laughs> I'm actually we, we made I'm, it a thing I think I told you before myself and a group of friends of mine none of them listen to the podcast like and we we spoke my friends on the coffee I apologize about this creaky fucking chair you know I mean <laughs> The sound quality is amazing. That's right, that's right, that's right. It well, is. Hopefully it is. Um, this, this, new Mike, this new mic looks like a fucked up dildo. <laughs> <laughs> looks like a three-way dildo. <laughs> well, four. There's an inside baseball for you there. Yeah, well, it's like, would go it's like a four-way dildo, but one of the dildos is meant for an especially loose chick. Mm. It's a strap. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a Samson. Yeah. <laughs> of course he needs you. But um, you don't need instruction with Saxon. Um, but we would like ten of us would go to see it. And mm. um, I think the last year people got pissed off because they're in Australia and we came. We, they came back in January and like he didn't wait for us. And we're like, fuck you guys. <laughs> well, uh, the combination of the were two you movies. supposed to have waited for them? Was there some kind of arrangement that was made? Opening day, Savoy One, Dublin, O'Connell Street, Dublin. Fucking be there. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't care if you're in fucking Australia. Get a plane. It's Lord of the Rings. Goddamn it. It's like a geek, I mean, like a friend version of Love Affair. Oh, what's that movie where they meet up every year for five years? Every day for five years? One day, is it? With Anne Hathaway? What? Oh, oh, One Day, the one, one with day. Jim Sturgis. Yeah. No, I couldn't watch that. I, just, I saw the poster. I, wasn't, I, I saw the poster. I saw, I saw the trailer. I heard Anne Hathaway's York, Yorkshire accent. I, I was, was like... before Anne Hathaway was Oscar good. You know, Anne Hathaway's always been a good actress, but she's always had a fucking annoying mousy face mm. that has really come to fruition in this uh, Oscar campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when she you saw you saw the Oscars, right? When she yeah, pi- I liked them. Okay, I saw it. I'm um, no longer doing a year-end actually, that, award ceremonies. That was pretty interesting, actually, because I was in LA during Oscar season, and it was. Oh, yeah. 
No, no, no. I, had, I, 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 I forgot. I had to bring this up because I was very fascinated by. I'd never been in LA. I'd never been in. I've been. I've been in LA many other times, mm-hmm. but I'd never been in LA uh, during Oscar season, and uh, I didn't quite. It's such a trip to see everyone campaigning over there. Oh, because there's posters everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's like you got huge fucking billboards. Like for your consideration, David O. Russell, best director. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's like it's like an election almost. It's like it's very political in L.A. Mm. And you saw the pie as well, didn't you? Yes, I did. Oh shit! Well, I'm gonna review that as well. Audience juice. I'm sorry, audience juice. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your review right there? Richard Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Touching the accents, I'm not touching the local accents. Shit, crack me up, dude. <laughs> orange juice, you know. After he gets it, <laughs> I'm sorry, orange juice. Uh, yeah, that was your right. No, spoiler. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been saying that every time I drink. Every time orange juice. I've been. I, I, I usually, I usually don't. I usually don't drink OJ. But after, <laughs> but after watching that movie, I've just been buying cartons just so every time I pour it into the glass, I can just say orange juice. I'm sorry, orange juice. <laughs> But it was, the whole town was nuts. Yeah, it was, was nuts. I mean, we, we weren't there for um, the Oscars itself. Okay. And we, we'd already kind of moved up north for that, for that part. But uh, I thought it was, I mean, it was interesting in the sense that this was the first, Osc- first Oscars in a while where you, you weren't entirely sure who was going to win Best Picture. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I knew won Best Picture. I, I, I am too. I think he deserved it. I think he deserved it. Because I, I thought they were going to give it to Spielberg. Um, and, you know, it's not to say that he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve for Lincoln. He doesn't deserve. I mean, but no, but it's yeah. Well, we'll talk about we'll talk about that later. I mean, it's uh, Lincoln is a very very good film, uh, but there's just something about the fact that Life of Pi. Well, shall we wait? Yeah, we'll, talk. we'll wait. We'll wait till we review Life of Pi. So I guess we're going to review Life of Pi. Yeah. So we'll finish off. Our I just want to say it was crazy to be in LA during Oscar season just to see what it was like during mm-hmm. Oscar season when they com- well, with all this campaigning going on. That was a that was an eye opener. Cool. Um, we'll finish off then the news with some other quick trailers. So, Hangover Tree trailer broke again. I really don't care about this because I mean, I don't. It's one of those movies. That, it looks like Die Hard three, but they got the script for another movie, and they're just putting the, the Hangover characters in it. It's one of those movies that I don't really give a shit about, but I'm still gonna see because the second one was such a rehash of the first one. Yeah, it's like they're at least doing something different. Yeah, it seems to be. Thing, things look like gangsters, guys with pig faces. Um, I, I mean, I, we've had this conversation many times before. Like uh, the, the 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 second film was essentially Home Alone two. Where basically the exact same yeah. movie, just a different location, yeah. um, and I kind of like that they're going back to Vegas in this, and it looks like shit gets kind of fucked up. Like it looks like there's some serious destruction. But it also looks like there's only three of them. Yeah, Justin Barth is just a fucking no luck motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this, I mean, w- what I did find somewhat um, encouraging about this is that the trailer for Hang- Hangover Three is funnier. Than the whole of Hangover Two. Yeah. So that in itself, to me, gives me a little bit of hope. There's a there's an awesome bit at the end involving a giraffe. Yeah. That I will watch it for that. That's pretty funny. And then they go large on that joke. Yeah. Like they go destination style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Almost that truck. I was like, this is just like Final Destination. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just love Zach Galifianakis's expression at the end of the trailer. How many Final Destination movies are there's seven. Oh, is there? Yeah. Okay. Seven or eight? Oh, shit, I saw Beautiful Creatures on Friday. I forgot about that as well. Oh, yeah? I forgot about it. Have you grown a mangina? Nope. <laughs> I do the rash. Yeah. And uh, I saw the trailer for Jay and Silent Bob's uh, super, super groovy, groovy cartoon, cartoon movie. movie. This looks like the, logo, the biggest pile of wine. This looks like uh, Jason Mewes needs money. That's what it looks like. He's a producer. He's a producer. That's what I mean. Yeah. Jason Mewes needs money. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I hate the animation style. It's the, I, what is that? It, it's not... 
it's kind of aping the what's his name, John Krasinski, the guy who did like uh, Ren and Snippy, but it's not mm. as detailed as Ren and Snippy. It's like flash animation. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like it's a Blood Man and Chronic movie. Yeah, it does. Like the world, Jane, Silent Bob. That's all the Blood Man and Chronic we ever needed. Yeah, back. I don't yeah. want to see any more of that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, and I say this as a fan of Jane, yeah. Silent Bob. Um, just fucking nah. This. I mean, this looks like this. Just this. Just to me, when I watched it, I, it just looked desperate. Yeah, there was something about it that just fucking felt desperate, and that's something that Kevin Smith has never felt. No, you know, uh, and so it was kind of stuck that I don't know. I just like he also uh, tweeted a photo of like the script, first page of the script for Clerks Three. Yeah, mm. Clerks Three. Mm. I did. I really like two. I really like two. Yeah, I'm just wondering where he's going to go with it. We're just going to be critic bashing the whole way or what? No, but but. You know, because because I had no I had no issues with him doing Clerks too. Yeah. When when he announced that he was doing Clerks too, I was actually excited about it. I'm like, that's the way he's going. It was like, you yeah. know, this Clerks was his first movie. It was him in his twenties. Yeah. And if you listen to his podcast, there's a couple he does called Emo Kev, mm-hmm. where he found old uh, cassette tapes that he used to record into his thoughts into, mm-hmm. and they're fucking retarded. Like, Probably. He's, he's he's listening back to it, taking the piss out of his younger self, and it's hilarious himself and Bozier, and he's like. He's talking about being back on Ponder Rock. It's a rock near the beach in New Jersey. And he's just sitting there, think about maybe I shouldn't have broken up with that girl. Using <laughs> all the like, you know, the heavy heart of this nineteen-year-old or twenty-year-old, and it's fucking hilarious. But that's who he was when he made Clerks, and then when he made Clerks Two, it was he very much pitched it as this is me in my thirties. Yeah, yeah. Um, now he's in his forties. His forties isn't the same as many. Like I don't think it will speak to the people working behind Kevin's generation. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, so I'm not. He's got a nice house. He hangs out with movie stars. He just chills with comic book creators every week. So I'm not sure how that kind of. Yeah, I mean, it just yeah, it just. I'm looking forward to Affleck's cameo though. <laughs> just walk around with a little gold statue. <laughs> I love the Affleck cameo in Clerks too. That was yeah. It's just not very hygienic. Yeah, and he just has that weird. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's funny you brought up uh, Scott Mosher because he's got a because he's um, branched out and he's doing his own thing. Mm. He actually wrote quite a, a few episodes of um, Ultimate Spider-Man, the, the cartoon. Oh really? And uh, he's. Uh, Producing a couple of movies. One of them is a documentary on John Milius oh. that is uh, premiering at the uh, South by Southwest Film Festival. Uh, but the trailer for that is out. Uh, that's a pretty. Int- I mean, I'm a big John Milius fan, mm. so I'm looking forward to that documentary. Cool. Uh, to finish it off, the trailer went live. And, just... and, and Scott Mosher is also producing a, a movie. I can't remember the name of it. It's it's an animated movie, oh. and it's about two turkeys. Oh yes, I've never heard about this. Uh, one of them voiced by Woody Harrelson. Yeah. About two turkeys who go back in time to see if they can get turkeys struck off the Thanksgiving list. Yeah, some, yeah, some, yeah, some yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> Is it not called Give Thanks or? I think it might be some yeah. shit like that. That sounds genius. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with Woody Harrelson involved. Did you see Seven Psychopaths yet? No, not yet. Uh, good enough. And to finish off our news this week, we have trailer went live last night. The Star Trek in the Darkness one. This one is the. Hurry up and wait trailer because it literally this looks this shows a lot more action. Yeah, and it looks they, a bit more like Star Wars now. <laughs> it looks like they're racing around Coruscant. There's a, there's a there's a lot of action in this trailer, but uh, the one thing that I'm kind of concerned about is that the humor in this trailer didn't really zing grab me. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's because it was sandwiched between so much action, mm. but. I just, it's a lot of kind of quips during like running or driving yeah. or crashing. And I think that's the problem I have with it is that it just felt like a series of quips and no setup. Mm. You know, so 
May, maybe when you actually watch the film, you'll understand the quips a bit better. But for me, I, the, the quips kind of fell a little bit flat. But in terms of action and in terms of effects, and it looks amazing. Yeah, it looks pretty kick-ass. Yeah. Um, if you would like to get in contact with us uh, here at McGep and Fries, you can get us at podcast at McGep and Fries on email. Uh, or you can tweet either Gavin or myself. I'm at McNasty Prime on Twitter. Or I'm uh, at GavYap. And um, share your thoughts if you think there's something you'd like us to discuss. Um, yeah. Themes in movies, what we had for lunch. Whatever. We don't give a shit. We'll talk about anything. Yeah. And have done so for four Yeah, years. for, for a, <laughs> quite a long time. I've been... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've... <laughs> fuck, it's, that's depressing. <laughs> oh, did you see the new After Earth trailer? Yes. It's, um, uh, what's, that, with the, what's with the accents? I don't know. I don't know, but uh, I'm liking this. This looks yeah. uh, this looks pretty cool. Uh, what I really liked is that the music at the very start when they're flying in space is mm-hmm. almost kind of quiet Clint Mansell X mm-hmm. Electro. It's ripped directly from a video game I played last year called Deus Ex Human Revolution. And I have it on my running track because it's my breathe asshole uh, track when I'm running. Oh, it's right. like it's a lot of electro mm-hmm. slow chord stuff. But it looks really nice in the movie. Um, it doesn't look like there's just two of them on the ship, which look kind of weird at the start. Yeah, yeah. There's only two survivors, and every, they kind of sell the, act, the, the angle a little bit more that everything on this planet has evolved to kill us. We left for a reason. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Because the other one, Oblivion, I, it doesn't look like this. Why did you leave, guys? It looks fine. And also, and also, I liked uh, the fact that uh, that Will Smith is actually his commanding officer. Yeah, and uh, that's that. And whole, he's a that, Yeah, that, that whole sort of fucking dynamic between between the two of them. So I think that's kind he of interesting. He doesn't need a commanding officer. He needs a father. That's right. Um, <laughs> no, but I got accents. They've got space English going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you must go over here. D- danger is real, but fear isn't that an object. And like that. you know, you know the problem I have with that. That sounds like something M. Night Shyamalan came up with. Yeah. <laughs> but what I love about this is that there's no, the table. there's no mention of him anywhere. Yeah, yeah still nothing. <laughs> still nothing. From the writer of Realize. Nothing. Who's directing this shit? <laughs> well, also, uh, didn't, didn't, uh, isn't uh, the writer of Traffic, isn't he also, didn't he, he's also uh, writing the script as well. Oh, uh, is it? Uh, maybe it's M. Night Shyamalan. It's the writer of Book of Eli and the writer of Traffic. Mm. Stephen Gagum or some shit his name is. Gagging, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, that's kind of cool. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually looking forward to it. I think it, it it's looking pretty, it's looking like a lot of fun. Yeah. And the uh, the special effects for the animals, look, the the CG animals look better this time around. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, that was that was another that was another that was another problem in the uh, first trailers that there there were a couple of a couple of sort of suspect shots there with where the those fucking mutated CG zebras mm. looked a bit weird. And there's some monkeys. And there's a weird thing in the cave, which kind of looks like it's a bit more... It's not a giant fucking mutated cockroach or something. It looks yeah. kind of creepy, so... There's, there's like a... It's nice to know there's there's an alien element. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which, yeah I think it, there's a radiation problem as well. Maybe that's probably what it is, I think. Maybe that's why they, people don't live there anymore. Probably. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Moving on swiftly to our bumper review section, seeing as it's been a while since we've been on. Yep. Um, I'll just uh, start off with a, a quick review of Hitchcock. Okay. Because uh, we've got quite a few reviews to go through, so I won't spend too much time talking about plot. I'll just, uh, I think we'll just talk more along the lines of just how we felt about the film and uh, whether or not we enjoyed it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so the movie about Hitchcock. The film Hitchcock, basically, uh, it's not a biopic in the conventional sense. It only... Um, it's about Alfred Hitchcock. It only, it, it only focuses on the making of Psycho. Mm. Uh, 
um, when the movie starts, the movie starts the same way. A lot of um, you know, like uh, those old Hitchcock specials would start with Anthony Hopkins as Hitchcock uh, talking into the talking into camera with his cup of tea, saying, "Oh, welcome, blah blah blah," to this, you know. But and uh, and that that's a nice, that, you know, that's a, and it ends that way as well. Okay. So it's got a nice sort of uh, bookend style to it, and. Uh, Anthony Hopkins stars as Alfred Hitchcock. Helen Mirren stars as his wife, Alma Reville. And the movie is very much about their relationship and the role that his wife played um, in his career uh, as a whole. I mean, they, even though the movie focuses mainly on Psycho, there's a lot of references to other films as well. And at the beginning of the film, the, the movie opens with uh, the at the premiere of North by Northwest. Oh. And, and then after that, you got Who hit... Who plays Gary Grant? Uh, no one. No, he's not in the movie at no, all. No, no, no. Hardly on. But the movie is very, very well cast. Scarlett Johansson as Janet Lee, Danny Houston as Whitfield Cook, who is uh, another um, writer who's trying to get uh, who's trying to get Helen Mirren to write a script with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Collette is uh, Peggy Robertson, uh, at Hitchcock's uh, PA, mm-hmm. and uh, Michael Stubarg from uh, from A Serious Man and from Men in Black Three is uh, his agent, Len Wasserman, and Michael Wincott. Uh, from the Crow, uh, plays Ed yeah, Gun- Ed plays Ed Gein. Ed Gein, yeah, the actual serial killer behind yeah, the stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the whole idea behind that is that Hitchcock is visited in his dreams by Ed Gein, oh, okay. um, or not even in his dreams. Actually, the re- one, one thing that was interesting is that the relationship between Hitchcock and Ed Gein in this film is very similar to the relationship between. Um, uh, Clarence and Elvis in True Romance. I was just thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's very very similar. Does that guy appear in the mirror and stuff in a gold, in a gold suit? Uh, no, not quite not quite like that. But it's like it's not just when he's asleep. These are yeah. conversations that he has with them about things, and it's just about, and even Ralph Macchio turns up. Oh yeah, yeah. Ralph Ralph Macchio plays Joseph Stefano. Who's Joseph Stefano? <laughs> uh, I I can't quite fucking remember. I hit the table. Sorry, the mic's on. That's right. That's right. Uh, but. Basically, he's still un- he's still under contract with uh, MGM uh, to make another movie. Uh, and uh, after what was that one? North by North. Um, oh, Joe Stefano, but maybe not Macho. I thought Macho because on the Rafa Macho the trailer where he's trying to play nice. Yeah, 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 that's right. And uh, James James Darcy plays Anthony Perkins, and Jessica Beals is uh, very mild. So it's a very very solid cast, and it's basically about the struggle of uh, that Hitchcock went through in order to make the movie because. Um, after North by Northwest, he was sort of at odds with himself about where he was and how he was perceived by critics because, mm-hmm. you know, he was someone who took reviews very seriously and there were a couple of reviews saying North, not, North by Northwest is good, but it's not classic Hitchcock. North by Northwest is a color. Well, it? No, it's black and white. Is it? Yeah. Maybe I saw Roy's version on TV. No, no, Psycho was black and white. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was black and white. Um, and so it was all about this thing about what, what is his, what is your next movie going to be? And then there was a lot of resistance towards Psycho because it was considered there were so many things that were weren't allowed in film. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one of the things that goes in the, uh, spoilers for Psycho. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like uh, in terms of the uh, the rating, the rating board, the ratings board. Uh, the struggles that he had with them, and uh, Kurtwood Smith, Clarence Boddicker, is head of the uh, the censorship board. Nice. So that's good fun. Um, that's great casting. And it's just like, like simple things is like he just playing Red from the '70s show. No, oh. no, he, <laughs> he's playing an actual character. Yeah, but but this but movie if I'm a foot up your ass. <laughs> uh, 
but it was it's this it's this whole thing. Basically, it's the whole movie is about how the struggle that Hitchcock went through to make Psycho and how nobody really believed in it except him, <laughs> and uh, and also highlighting the role that his wife played. Uh, in his career because she played a very very significant role uh, and I really enjoyed it yeah. I really really enjoyed it I uh, all of the performances are good but there's I was Anthony Hopkins to me uh, it, it's still Anthony Hopkins he doesn't disappear into the role no because um, I seen I'm meant to do a double header with that and the girl which is the one where Toby Jones yeah. plays the HBO movie yeah um, Neither of them seem to do much with their voice. Is that one thing? Because I mean, Hitchcock was so... Like when Alfred Hitchcock presents, yeah, yeah. He, he's fucking there. He's like, well, Sterling at the beginning. Sterling yeah, yeah. at the beginning of the top Twilight. Yeah. And, and I know his voice happened. No, I mean, Anthony Hopkins does do something with his voice. He's not speaking exactly how Anthony Hopkins speaks. He, has put it, he is putting on an accent of some sort, some sort but it's not Alfred Hitchcock. And it didn't help that... Um, that immediately after watching the film, uh, well, not immediately, but like the next day, uh, I watched, I, I YouTubed um, Hitchcock's acceptance speech for the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award from the AFI. And it was very, you know, very jarring, yeah. the difference between the two. How's the fat suit look? The fat suit looks good. The makeup on his face and hair. It's all right, but you can still see Anthony Hopkins. It's not like how it was like when that first image came out of Anthony Hopkins. Remember that first image? Yeah. And, it, and you thought to yourself, fuck, that looks like Hitchcock. Yeah. It doesn't have the same effect on film. I think it was just the angle in which that was taken. But, you know, the performances are all good. Um, Scarlett Johansson doesn't really look like Janet Lee, but fuck it. You know, she's hot. Tony Collette does very, very good work as usual. Um, Helen Mirren's awesome in it. Um, my favorite performance was actually Michael Wincott as Ed Gein and James Darcy as Anthony Perkins. I heard a minor bit of controversy about this because Saul Bass isn't in it at all. He is a little bit. Oh, is he a little bit? A he, little bit. But there's elements of, like, he's storyboarded the movie, and there's questions apparently over... I've heard this from other podcasts. There's questions over, like, whether he... Whether, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The but, um, but, but it's but, a movie, it's not a, it's not a fact. But not only that, because I, I've also heard about that, and uh, al- almost everyone has come on, gone on record saying that's bullshit. Oh, really? Yeah. But uh, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the movie very much. Um, if you're expecting like a full biopic of Alfred Hitchcock, this is not it. Mm. This is a very, very specific period in his life. I'm saying the, the girl is all about choosing Janet Lee for the birds, right? I think. Yeah. 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 They, they, they deal with small sections. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's review Wreck It Ralph. All right. So that came out a while ago, but. Um, this is, in my opinion, the movie that should have won Best Animated. What won Best Animated Oscar? Brave, that dumbass movie. It was well done, but yeah, it wasn't. It was a Pixar movie that came out of going. Mm-hmm. What what I found interesting, and I don't think uh, I think I've also read this in a couple of reviews as well, is that is that Pixar was I mean that uh, Brave was a Pixar movie that felt like a Disney movie, and the Wreck It Ralph is a Disney movie that feels like a Pixar movie. Yeah. Um, well, John Lasseter's got his fingers in all the pies. All the pies. I'll bet. Yeah. I bet he's fingering the shit out of them. I mean, the, I'm sure that the new Star Wars movies there'll be a Pizza Planet truck somewhere in the background. Um, I mean the. The concept behind this movie is fucking genius. Mm. Is that a video game villain uh, is tired of not being appreciated for what he does and decided and decides to become a hero, so to yeah, speak. Because the key with the actual villainous aspect of it is when you're playing the game, it's like a play. Mm. It's like they are actors upon a stage, and in some games they all go off and chill afterwards. But in this uh, game, the the the, the, the villains, what are they called? The Nice Landers. Yeah. Who, are, who only have limited animation, which is really well done. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're all eight-bit sprites. Yeah. So they could all like Ralph is fully realized. Felix is fully. The main characters are fully realized, but the Nice Landers only have like 
keyframe animation, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. really nicely done. Yeah, they yeah. just go from happy to shocked. Yeah, and uh, and this movie is also a perfect example of uh, what can happen when rights are not an issue. You know, when you can have when, a, you, when, you, can, when you can have a melding of universes. Yeah, that is uh, awesome because. They have even even power. even someone like me who doesn't really play. Most of the time, Halo who, to turn the flashlight on off. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I'm not a gamer, but but even they they manage to sort of transcend the generational gap uh, between people who used to play uh, arcade games and people who still play games at home. Call of Duty and stuff like that. Yeah, because, Heroes Duty thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Cubert's looking for food, which is great. That's right. Yeah, and it's all it's all. Very geniusly done. It's yeah. great. <laughs> and there's so many. There's the, the bad guy thing. You've got like uh, Doctor Robotnik from Sonic. You got Zangief. You got Bison. You got fucking the, the what's who, who's the uh, Cherry? Who's the fucking uh, the ghost from Pac-Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember their names. Yeah, yeah. Larry Curly and Mo for all. But I mean, yeah, you got, you got the villain. For, you got Sonic. You know, it's it's Sonic, all Sonic's on the side of a board, like for a PSA or something. He's really cool. Yeah. People just wandering around. It's just all kinds of crazy shit. The thing that got me for this is again the, the Pixar Disney thing is that about halfway, it's about, it's about the halfway mark that does change gear. Yeah. At the beginning, you get all those references, and Ralph wants he's a shallow fuck and he wants a medal because Fix Felix Jr., who's his nemesis in the game, played yeah. by Jack McBrayer, is great as usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gets a medal at the end if you complete the game, and he wants a medal. I, I loved, I loved. Um, Fix its fucking arc. Yeah, it's great. It's a great arc because he's the, and he's that's the, and that's also something that's very Pixar. He's the is that everyone gets their. He's the jock who has to realize what it means to love. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. To, to know what it's like for the other people, see other people's point of view. Yeah. Once it goes, so it goes for uh, Ralph getting his medal, and then he gets his medal, and then he accidentally ends up in a game called Sugar Rush. And from that point onwards, it changes the story almost completely. Yeah. He runs into another misfit. Yeah. Uh, Vanellope von Schriet played by Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman. Yeah. It's ridiculously cute at the beginning, kind of annoying for a bit. But after that, then, it goes off in directions I didn't expect, and that was great. I like that. Yeah. And there's two moments in this movie that are fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. There's one yeah. where they show you what happened. Yeah, there's that one. They show you what happens when a game gets turned off and gets made out of order. Yeah. And that's like, kid, this is the bandy moment for certain kids. Yeah. Certain kids yeah. of a generation are going to say to their parents, don't turn the Xbox off. Yeah. yeah. They'll die. Yeah. <laughs> And the other moment is when Ralph has to do something for what he thinks is the greater good. But it's actually not. And it's hard. It is. It, it is I, yeah, I gotta, you know, this was the first... finally got it. This was the first animated movie um, I've seen in years that ended right where I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, it didn't have the Pixar twist. There was some, because there was that bit, you know, it's, it ends, and I love movies that end on a voiceover. I just love movies that end on voiceover for some bizarre fucking reason. Maybe I, I, I think I think I think it's I think it's the uh, the Shawshank Redemption curse. <laughs> Is that once you once you see voiceover done well, and once you see how once you experience how uh, um, a properly done voiceover can affect the emotional impact of a film, uh, you really love voiceover. Mm. You know, and and I love vo- uh, voiceover narration mainly because of Stand by Me. And Shawshank Redemption. I was going it's, to say the the Family Guy episode where they reference Stand by Me. Yeah, where they have their normal crazy adventure, and then it ends with Peter both talking over. And it's like we never really saw Donnie again after that summer. We think he got into the drugs, and his character just fades away. Yeah, myself and the other guys we stayed pretty tight. <laughs> no, it's got yeah. that kind of voice. Yeah, 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 that yeah, kind yeah. of thing's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they talk about what happens after. That's right. That's right. I, and I love that shit. And um, Wreck It Ralph has an ending that I won't say what the ending is, but. It's, it's a Disney movie. It's accompanied with a voiceover that fits the mood, the tone, and the visuals 
perfectly. Mm. And it's the kind of, you know, and, I, and you know, it's by no means sad. It's not a sad ending, but it is an ending that that makes you sort of feel that a sacrifice has been made. Mm. And that, and and to end there, and to not give you a fucking epilogue or some shit that that comes later was I was overjoyed with that. So this is actually one of my favorite animated movies in a while. I think we have to say uh, props as well to Alan Tudyk because I knew he was in it, but like he's unrecognizable and he's channeling Ed Wynn, which is a weird thing to do in this thing because no one knows who the fuck Ed Wynn was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah, I yeah. recognize the voice, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Was dead. And I was like, oh, what's Alan Tudyk? Yeah, exactly. And the reveal, it's very subtle the way they build up to the reveal of the villain. Yes. Very, it's, like I, it's I, I mentioned thought, all the way through, is he going turbo? And you're like, I was thinking Street Fighter 2 turbo, which is where they just sped everything the fuck up and it got impossible to yeah. play. And they don't explain what that means until the third act of the movie. And then you're like, oh. Well, second second act. And then you're like, oh. That's it was very nicely done. Yeah. So uh, I highly recommend this film. Mm. Everyone's great, man. Definitely, yeah. definitely want to watch the kids or whatever, everybody. <laughs> and Jane Lynch wasn't she managed not to play a total Jane Lynch character because she's, she's I thought her character was just going to be Jane Lynch again yeah because in, in Perry Down and in Glee uh, she plays a very similar character yeah, she yeah. turns up that way in a lot well of Jane Lynch I mean let's not split oh, hairs oh, let's not split let's not split hairs here Jane Lynch plays Jane Lynch in everything yeah. <laughs> so even though in this movie she is to a certain extent playing Jane Lynch she gets a love story which is not a Jane Lynch character thing to do yeah and she gets a love story with a crazy, like a crazy fucking character. So yeah, I was very, very pleased by that. What did you think of the product placement? Because there's a lot. There, the Candy Rush is a Mario Kart style racing game. It's all candy, um, game. and it's like when they're in Nesquik stand. You know, I mean, honestly, it didn't bug me. Yeah. It didn't bug me. I was the same too. But I didn't notice it a lot. I, I know, a yeah. lot of it. I noticed it as well. But to me, it, it's it. To me, a, a lot of it because everything is product placement. Yeah. In that movie, so it, it didn't really bug me. The only movie I can think of where product placement really bugged the shit out of me was iRobot. Oh, I, I just remember every second scene. Oh, the Audi. The Audi, the oh, fucking the Converse. I know, I, I just... <laughs> he's like, oh, I got my cons. It's like, fuck. Yeah, you know, I mean, not only does he say he's got his cons, we, there, there's, there's a, a loving, there, there, there's a, by the there's a lingering fucking close-up of his fucking, not just the shoes, but him, taking, him taking the shoes out of the box. <laughs> That's a little bit much. But, um, no, with this movie, it didn't bug me at all because, I mean, if you, product placement, every cat pretty much like... 80% of the characters are product placement. Yeah. In a way, but I mean, I've read articles about how they got that, and like Nintendo were great. They said, well, actually, if you're putting Koopa beside Zangief, Koopa's actually this tall. They gave a lot of good stuff of that, and they couldn't work Mario in in a way that was uh, logical, so they couldn't do it. Which is cool. <laughs> uh, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Fucking Italian plumbers. You just want to see Mario and Luigi arguing in Grand Central Game Station. <laughs> just arguing in the background. No, I'm not paying for the train of this time. Huh? <laughs> What does the government plan to do about investment? Fuck you! How about I invest in your mother? <laughs> My mother, I kill you! Don't put it like a mic. Signal. Alright, son. Um, up next, to do another 180 on our reviews, uh, let's have a look at Beasts of the Southern Wild. My review of this is. Did you watch this on a plane? No, I, I actually saw this on Netflix. Ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even log into that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Someone tweets about you got to see this movie on Netflix. I click on the link. It's like, please log in. Oh, we're not available in your country. Like, yeah. Fuck you! Um, my review of this is actually really quick. Mm. Um, the movie would have been a lot better 
Without the pigs? No, if I if, if the movie was more of the pigs. More of the pigs. More of the pigs. There was less less annoying fucking girl and more pigs. And the, and the dad and the dad looks like the black teacher from Gremlins. The guy who gave, tried to try to give the gremlin a, a candy bar. I kept thinking about got his the, arm chewed off. Who's the black dad who kept like laying a log in the bathroom? That in Friday was it or something? Like that? Oh no no, that's a totally different guy. That that was the. I know, but that's the guy right there. I was no. like bang 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 bang. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Friday, right? That's yeah, Friday. yeah, that's Friday. He was also the Martin Lawrence's. Uh, no, he was David Allen Greer's dad in Boomerang. Ah, yeah, that's how we got. Friday was like his fingers in the chicken, right? Yeah, yeah. Goddamn. Chill. Bang, 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 bang. There was a what is it? There was a hush, there was a there was a hush puppy who lived in the bathtub, right? That's the whole thing. They live in this like fucking Katrina washout land, basically. Yeah. And uh, no, I mean it's 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 a very well made film. The the the, the, the cast look like people they just driving out the street. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, they dragged in out of the swamp. Uh, the person you're talking about is John Witherspoon. Oh, that's the actual guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about this guy, right? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just it's a weird wandering kind of poetic kind of shit going on. There. Essentially, what we're talking about here it's it's cinematic poetry. It is the it, it is the little independent movie that could yeah. for for 2013. Um, to 2012, sorry. And is it a good film? Yes, it is a good film. Is it? Um, is it mainstream? Not in any way at all. It wanders like fuck. It wanders like fuck. And, and uh, there's a lot of these sort of like uh, dr- surreal dreamlike sequences. Well, not a lot. Not enough. Dreamlike sequences of these fucking pigs. Yeah, like Breaking out of the ice age. Breaking into the ice age. she had an argument with her dad. That's right. And, and these- it's all this kind of it's an emotional turmoil building up. And then That's it's, right. It's resolved like... Yes, Which and is stupid. that's right. And the pigs are awesome. Yeah, they look cool. The, the pigs. I don't know how they did that? They I look huge. Yeah, the pigs well, look fucking cool. I, I wish the movie was the pigs. I don't know whether they're like actual pigs. They look like actual pigs. They glue shit on and they shut them like double fast time or something. Yeah, because they have a look of weight to them. Like they're supposed to be like twelve feet tall. Yeah. What are they called? They're not pigs. They're like something else. They call. They're the beasts of the sea. I'm not too sure. No. Yeah, but um, uh, you know, if if you're looking for und like. If you're looking for an evening of undemanding entertainment, then I say pass on this movie. Mm-hmm. However, if you are a little bit artsy and if you like that shit, then I recommend this movie. I mean, I I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but I would have... You know, I just found it kind of meandering. It, the problem I have with movies like this is that, to me, movies like this are short films. Yeah. They should be short films. Mm-hmm. To drag a movie out like this into feature length... You know, you can find a way to make it tasteful and to make it arty and all that kind of shit. But there's nothing that this movie does in 90 minutes that can't be done in 20. Yeah. I mean, it is a little bit like poverty porn. It's like the rich kids going out to the slums and shoot some footage of the uh, real folk. Yeah. Because there is an awful lot of real folk and a lot of soft beer types just sit and drink and moonshine all day. Yeah, yeah. You know, and while that stuff is, model, you know, entertaining in parts... Uh, I'm just at that point in my life where I'm just I can't be fucked to waste one and a half hours seeing this shit. Yeah. You know, I Good mean, job, yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it's not well done. It's it, it is a well made film, uh, but on an entertainment level, all I'm saying is just know what you're gonna go see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, did it, did you think it deserved to be nominated for best 
I mean, considering the kid was what she was, just like one of the. I, I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 I can, I can, six when she went for the I, yeah, I can understand. Um, I can understand how it gets a best picture nomination. Mm-hmm. How it gets a best actress nomination, I have no fucking clue. When you factor in the age of the kid and what she's asked to do. No, but a lot of it just fucking smacks of you know. To me, it's just very political when. Because, come on, when you're at that age, your inhibitions are nothing, you know? I mean, just... Yeah, but you're also... Your attention span is nothing as well. I mean, they could have had, you know... I'm not saying she doesn't... I'm not saying... It might have been like the shark in Jaws. They might have had a whole movie where they just couldn't put her in it because she was all fucking around with the toys in the background. I'm not saying she doesn't have a... She doesn't have talent. Yeah. But best actress? Come on, man. Hollywood loves kids. Fuck that. You got my review. There you go. <laughs> you getting a habit of doing the reviews. Like, no, it's good to do Fuck this shit. <laughs> I really liked it, but aside from these couple... You know what? Fuck this movie. Yeah. All right, I'm just going to do a really quick review of Lincoln. Okay. Uh, this movie is really long. <laughs> it's really long. And moving on. <laughs> no, I... Okay, here's my review of Lincoln. It's a very, very good film. There's no vampires in this one. It's no... Unfortunately <laughs> Watching this one You kind of wish there were <laughs> um, Daniel Day-Lewis Hands down Deserved every inch Of that Oscar He completely vanishes Into the role He is clothed And glorious Whatever It's, got wreathed and glorious it's, it's insane I mean This guy I'd be scared To ever meet Daniel Day-Lewis uh, when he won the Best Actor Oscar, he revealed himself to be a man of uh, who had a sense of humor, mm. which was quite bizarre. I didn't quite know how to take it. Uh, you know, it made when when he was making jokes on the stage, yeah. I was like, "Is he researching for a role he's playing as an award winning <laughs> you know, as, as an award winning uh, an actor? What what the fuck's going on? <laughs> um, he's that good. Yeah." He's that good as he has always been. Yeah. Um, so I hear, uh, what's his name? Um, Tommy Jones. Tommy Jones. Tommy Lee Tom, Jones. You know, you know, Tommy Lee Jones is very good in it. I mean, he's got a good character to play, but he's fucking Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, he's, he's just playing himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I thought, he, I, from what I heard, I thought he was a counterpoint to the Lincoln character in that he's someone who has to change his ways a little bit or something. Uh, he's, he's more of an arc. No, I mean, he's he has an arc. But Tommy Lee Jones has, to me, Tommy Lee Jones, he's like Michael Caine. He's always the same. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying he, he's not good. He's very good, mm. but it's not a fucking. It's not you know. He's I mean, not stretching. Himself. He's not. He's not. I mean, it's Tommy Lee Jones. He, he's got. He will always be Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones is very good at being Tommy Lee Jones, but you never think to yourself. There's never any point in this movie where you go, "Oh shit, I forgot that's Tommy Lee Jones." Yeah. You know, it's never like that. You know, where so, it is with. Uh... Where it is, it, it is with Daniel Day Lewis, and I mean, no, all of the acting across the board is excellent. Aside from Daniel Day Lewis, my favorite performance was James Spader. Oh, he's in it. I didn't even know he's in it. Yeah, James Spader. He plays. Uh, he's a lobbyist. Uh, he's part of a group of guys that invo- that includes um, Tim Blake Nelson and um, John Hawks. Uh, th- these three lobbyists that. Uh, Rednecks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> these, these three. These three lobbyists. John Hawks and uh, Tim Blake Nelson puts them in a certain company. <laughs> Basically, uh, David Strathen, who plays um, William Seward, his uh, chief of staff, set well, because there's so much shit going on in this movie with uh, the Civil War and the, the the abolition of slavery and all that kind of shit. That David Strathen sets these lobbyist dogs on 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 the Democrats to try and get as many votes as possible to try and sort of feel what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. And James Spader, I think, is absolutely brilliant in this. I mean, I would rather give the Oscar nomination to James Spader than to Tommy Lee Jones. You know, Tommy Lee Jones is very good, but the thing is, like I said, 
it's not a transformative sort of fucking performance where you think to yourself, oh my god, this is fucking amazing. I would, you know, whereas James Spader, you don't recognize him. He's fat. Yeah. You know, he's put on, he's put on some Even weight. More. He's put on some weight. He's not as fat as he was in, in, in shorts or whatever that fucking Rodriguez movie is. But he's put on some weight and, and he's just doing what James Spader does. He's being a oily motherfucker. <laughs> uh, Sally Field is awesome as Mary Todd. All of, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as yeah, he's uh, Robert Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln's son. He's I actually he's kind of forgettable in it. Mm. But it's one of those movies that has a, such an expansive cast and such an epic scope yeah. that at, when the end credits come on, you're seeing names. You know, like, oh yeah, he was in it. Um, it's I, in places it is incredibly boring. Really, From, it's, a, it's a political. It's a movie about. A change in the constitution, right? There's, that's what it is about. Yes, yes. That's what, it, that, that's what it's about. I mean, like Hitchcock, this There's is... There's no car chases. No. I mean, I mean, like Hitchcock, this is, not a, this is not a movie about his entire life. This is a movie focusing on a particular period of his life. That's talky. Yeah, it's very, very talky. And depending on, your, depending on what your definition of shit happening is, mm. nothing happens. Mm. Um, and even when stuff does happen, it's... It's like, you know, thank fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the problem is, is because it's history, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And that is, so you're just waiting for the inevitable, where it's like, just hurry up and pass the fucking law. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just gets to this point where it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. And Abraham Lincoln is the kind of guy, if this is true, whenever there's a crisis, mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln just likes to sit down and tell a story. I heard this in another review, and, and someone else who just tells us to knock it off at one point is cheap to snap or somebody, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and and that happens just it happens one time too many. Yeah, it's really cool the first time it happens. Consider the lily. Yeah, this, it's entertaining the second time it happens. The third time it happens, you're like, dude, shit's really going going really bad. Yeah, this story sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it's one of those movies that is. You could never fault it because it's so lovingly made. It's so well put together. Um, it's everything about it is made with love. You can tell that is one thing that really gets the movie by is that you can tell that this there's there's so like Steven Spielberg has so much affection for this subject matter mm. that it just permeates through the entire film and that gets you by. It would be interesting to watch what the color purple, Amistad, and Lincoln in the night. In a night. In a night. Is it an unofficial trilogy? I don't know. But, uh, you know. Black album. But, I mean, like, did I enjoy it? Yes, I did enjoy it. As a film. As, as a an film. Entertainment experience, as a film. As an entertainment experience, not particularly. No. Cool. I'll, we'll finish up with Chaos because I think we can talk about that for a bit. Um, I saw Cockneys vs. Zombies as well, which we saw, I think we mentioned the Red Band trailer a while ago, which looked a bit of fun. Um, but, you know, I didn't expect much. I heard good things, but didn't expect much for a movie called Cockneys vs. Zombies. And yeah, because, I mean, let's face it, most mashup movies suck. Yeah. Aliens uh, vs. Predator. I, I've uh, heard good things about this one. Yeah. So, um, it's two brothers, Terry and uh, another fella. <laughs> uh, Terry and Andy. Terry's played by... Did you actually see Your Highness? Uh, yes. No, we don't. Oh, you didn't. Oh, well, the, 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 what's the... What's the What's the dude, the big guy from Your Highness, who's the demolitions expert in... Danny McBride? Danny McBride. So Danny McBride's man-servant in Your Highness, who's called Courtney. He's the, kind of, he's the only funny thing in that movie. Uh-huh. 
So he's doing these two, you know, Cockney white boys. They're going to rob a bank because they need the money to save their grandfather's retirement home. Their grandfather is Alan Ford, who's bricked off from Snatch. Awesome. Errol, feed him to the pig. Feed him to the pig, Errol. Errol, put the kettle on. And uh, all his uh, mates in the retirement home are the who's who of British TV and movies in the last 60 years. So we get Honor Blackman, who was Pussy Galore and Goldfinger. Tony Selby's been in a lot of TV shows. Georgina Hale's been in a lot of shows as well. Dudley Sutton used to be in Lovejoy. Uh, the late, great Richard Briars in it. Oh, excellent. So uh, he was in uh, The Good Life. Although I didn't realize this until I did the research. The Good Life was called Good Neighbors in the US for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also in pretty much every Kenneth Brown movie. Yes. And uh, he, was in, he was the voice of Blue Rabbit. Awesome. I thought it was a more animated stuff, but it doesn't seem to have been. But uh, essentially, the guys put together a team. They've got this crazy black dude called Metal, Metal, Mental Mickey, mm-hmm. and uh, their cousin, who's a great locksmith, is Michelle Ryan, who's the bionic woman from the recent uh, Make- Michelle Ryan. Yeah, I know her from East, from EastEnders. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is in the Bionic Woman as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, With Katie it. Sackoff. Yeah, and was the it was what's the name of the guy from BSG who did it? Ron Moore. Ron Moore. Yeah. Yeah. So they fucked the pot, the robbery up nicely. Yeah. But look, and again, the cops are outside. They're having an argument about what to do. And the next time they rush out, all the cops are dead, zombies everywhere. Because the zombies have been unleashed from a, a pit that was sealed by King Charles II in 1666. Mm-hmm. And right at the beginning of the movie, you see the construction site where this shit happens. Mm-hmm. And there's an, there's an effective kind of, like, there's a really, really thin zombie that's really kind of creepy looking. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, he attacks. I don't know if you that song, What's That Coming Over the Hill? Is that a monster? Is that a monster? Mm-hmm. That kicks in, and a really cool kind of screen print credit sequence starts and from that point you know where you are it's going to be it's in the shadow of Shaun of the Dead but it's not plumbing the depths of the darkness that went on there right you know there's not that many people in the yeah but it is you know an 18th movie and Alan Ford is in it so they're effing and blinding good lore and a lot of Gordon Bennett look at him he's eating that guy's leg <laughs> and just seeing Richard Briars trying to run away from a zombie on a, with a zimmer frame and then getting said zimmer frame hooked up with a buzzy because mm. you know the, 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 Mental Mickey has a, a lockup full of guns that they go pick up on the way. There's a the brilliant use of a, of a, a British uh, double-decker red bus. Mm-hmm. Um, it does flirt with darkness. There's one character who has been looking for somebody, and that kind of flirts with it. But the director is... Uh, he might have good things ahead of him. It's his Hone. This is his kind of first movie. But there is a moment where they do have a dark moment, where someone who they are looking for has turned. Mm-hmm. And it's completely framed on a, on a landing. On a mm-hmm. stairs you don't see the person, you just see their reactions to it, mm-hmm. and it's very, very good. Mm-hmm. And they move on from that pretty quickly back into the fawn, and you know, Michelle Ryan finds a samurai sword, which is kind of cool. It's a fun zombie movie. I think it's a, it's a good addition to the zombie of Europe. I mean, this, in this day and age, you can't. Because the title just spells death. Yes. You, you look you at. You expect Danny Dyer to be in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for it to make £602. <laughs> 652 No, 602 602 Yeah. I thought it was. No, 602. Yeah. But it doesn't aim for the too high. But by adding in the old, old, old folks, you know, that kind of. The zombies are shambling. Mm hmm. But so are the old folks. So, you know, that, that adds a bit more attention to it, you know? Mm hmm. And, you know, they're all retired Cockney Geeky State gangsters. So they're like, we're gonna kill these fucking zombies, not fucking vampires. You know, they're. They know how to handle themselves a little bit, but they are getting a bit on of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some, there's some really good guys. It's fucking funny. Like they just they keep up with the kind of having fun with it. And, you know, the use of music's excellent throughout. There's some really good use of rip pop music in it. Swayze in it at one point and some like that. And I highly recommend this if you like zombies at all. 
it's not going to change the zombie genre, but it's a very solid zombie ever. Okay, cool. So definitely watch it. All right. It's fucking funny. <laughs> Is it? Mm. It's really fucking funny. It's pretty fucking funny. Okay. All right, now let's move on to. Oh, the other thing they do is a lot of like they do homage to Edgar Wright a little bit. There's a lot of like I'm Family Guy. There's a lot of cutaways to explain past people, people's past, which right. is very, very effective. Right. And the effects are pretty good. They use a few shots of London on fire and stuff like that. But like some nice wipes and things like that, they do. It's stylish. It looks good. Uh huh. Definitely worth a watch. Okay, and with that, we shall move on to our final review of uh, the show, which is the, our review of Cloud Atlas. Mm. I watched this last night. <laughs> uh, I, I watched this. A, I watched this a few days ago. Yeah. Um, For those of you who don't know, it's a wide-spanning book. I think with six stories. It's really difficult to even explain what explain the what the fuck is going on in terms of plot. Yeah. But it's one of these pretentious fucking movies <laughs> that, that uh, is attempting to explain the basically who we are as as a race, who we are as a as a species what it is that we stand for in terms of life and love and death and all of this type of shit and basically how and basically for. how we are all essentially connected through all of these things through life and love and death and fear and hope and regret and all this corruption, kind of corruption and all this type of stuff. And revolution. Which, which which is all well and good now now honestly as far as cloud atlas is concerned so hang on we got six stars in it so we've got a uh, guy sailing back from Polynesia on a boat who's supposed to be dying but he's been poisoned by his body. Yes. Yeah, his interaction's been slain. Yes. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a uh, Amanusis who's a, a pianist who will write for someone who's a composer who's been no longer right and their relationship and his relationship with this uh, other dude who's rich and hid that, that other dude who's rich then in the 70s where he meets with Halle Berry there's some corruption going on yes yes and then, and then we've got, got the Halle Berry thing which is she's a journalist trying to figure yeah. out like all of these fucked up things that are going on and people are getting bumped off and then we've got a publisher in 2012 who's uh, Jim Broadbent yeah 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 and yeah. then we've got uh, Sunmi 451 who's a, no yeah Sunmi 451 who's a slave in the future that's right she's a genetic engineer slave genetic engineer future. slave in the so, future that's right and then we have even further in the future after the fall where after Tom Hanks talks fucking gibberish Talks gibberish and is you know like a part of a tribe that's hunted by cannibals, played by Hugh Grant, and uh, he's visited by the, the, the fat people from Wally once they lost the weight. That's right, that's right. And then Halle Berry turns up from the even further future, I'd imagine, or somewhere fucking far away, and then she's there. It's oh, she lives in France. That's right. <laughs> Look at all that white. Confused yet? <laughs> and all the, I thought they would at least establish one story and move on, but they literally from the off intercut them all. Yeah. And apparently, it's not made clear in the book, but in this they do it. Where they cast the same core actors in not a lot of different roles. Yeah, um, which is which is only partially successful. Yeah, because what, by doing that, you kind of get the the idea that these are similar characters, but they're not quite. They're not in some in some cases in some, ca- in some cases they're not at all. They're completely the opposite. Like in some cases, Tom Hanks is an evil fuck. In some places, he's kind of a, he's, he's not an evil fuck, and in the other one, he's like an altruistic fuck. Yeah, either way, he's a fuck. Yeah. Although the only standard thing is. You, through all of human history and time, Hugh Grant and Hugo Weaving's never trusted Hugo or Hugh. No, but, they're just evil personified. No, but what I what I did like about it, I mean, like for me, the film was the film was never not interesting. Yeah, it was endlessly interesting. It was very interesting. It was very fascinating. But again, it wasn't always particularly entertaining, and. Having the actors play multiple roles in theory, on paper, I can imagine how good that sounds. And in some cases, it works very well. But Hugh, not the Hughes do quite well. I actually, I mean, I liked Hugo, Hugh, and Tom. 
They were they were my favorites. In the uh, although Irish to- Irish Tom's accent was a bit fucked up. Nick. Irish Tom's accent was <laughs> Irish Tom's accent was fucked up. But boy, <laughs> is an Irish out there to fuck up? Was it knuckle sandwich? Knuckle sandwich. <laughs> but how awesome was that character? Where's your fucking money? <laughs> it was a great character. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. But he just looked. I mean, I thought he was Russian from the trailers. He looks like a Russian yeah, lobster yeah, yeah. in a shiny no, suit and yeah. fucking buzzcut. But I just love what he does. You know, like after his his run in with the critic. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> I thought that was genius. No, but what I like. Jim Broadbent's fantastic. Yes, yes. Um, what I liked most about the fa- uh, Hugh Grant and Tom Hanks and Hugo, and well, not so much Hugo Weaving, more to do with uh, Hugh Grant and Tom Hanks, is that they're the only two actors really playing against type. Mm. Uh, and and I liked that very One much. Tom doesn't even really speak English. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just tell me the true truth. The true truth. <laughs> This movie's too long, long. Yeah. <laughs> it is fucking long. It's a fucking long movie. And, and the future speak is fucking terrible. I like. I don't know whether it was the sound quality. It wasn't the sound quality because I could hear everything. I could hear the cloud was sexed beautifully. Yeah. And I could understand every single word Jim Broadbent says, no matter the time period. In the future, they mumble, and on yeah. top of that, they're also speaking this the is, true, true speak speak. This is kind of what I what I mean when it I was makes me very curious. Uh, <laughs> Curio, curio. Yeah. This is kind of what I meant, meant uh, when I when we were uh, earlier when we were talking about Beast of the Southern Wild. Is you that, got the meantime. Yeah, with Beast in the Southern Wild, how that movie was. It was a good film that could have been a really, really fucking amazing short film. Yeah, and you kind of get that with this as well because we kind of got a, 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 an intro to the short film before the movie came out because the Wachowskis and Tom Twyker released a five-minute trailer. Yeah, well, that was the first five minutes, wasn't it? And that no, 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 oh, no, was no that, that was a five-minute trailer. And that five-minute trailer was awesome. And I think that... Oh, we did watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that um, all it really needed was another 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. I think if you added another 10 to 15 minutes to that trailer, did like a 20-minute insane short film... You would have had an insanely amazing, surreal fucking mindfuck yeah. of a movie. Whereas here, what you have is sort of a bloated kind of... Epic. It, epic. it, is, it is an epic. It is an epic. It is incredibly ambitious. And, you know, I mean... And kudos to fucking Tom Twyker and the Witcher. Siblings. Yes. I mean, kudos to the filmmakers for having the balls to do it. And it is a valiant effort because from what I, from what I hear... David Mitchell's book is ridiculous. It's unfilmable. It's unfilmable. You kind Apparently of the narration, the narrative in that goes from the 1800s towards the future and then back. It doesn't intercut quite so much. Yeah. It, like each tale, gets, each tale gets part of the told going forward and how they interleave with each other. And they, they, they do the sections do act a lot. Afterwards, we can get it. They do over, overlap. Like one guy's writing the book, but the second character, the guy in the second period time period is reading, and like the girl in the future is watching a movie about the guy who escapes in 2012 and. The guy today listening to the music from back in the day and oh. the o- the overlapping didn't really bug me. Uh, I, I actually quite like that because I think because yeah. I think um, that whole idea of moving from one strain to the other, mm-hmm. um, inc- you know, like a one by one, I think works better as a book than it does as a film. As a film, I think you need that back and forth to keep you engaged with the different uh, strands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had no issues with that, and I just felt that it was a film that was. It just was just a bit too bloated. It had a bit too much. It had a bit too much fat. It could have. It could have been trimmed a little bit. I think if the exact same film was more like 130 minutes long. It's three hours, isn't it? It's 170 minutes. I think if they had gotten, if they, had, if they had gotten rid of like about half an hour, it would have made a huge difference, uh, because 
you know, maybe they don't trust their audience enough, but for me, it's like within the first 15 minutes, you know exactly what they're trying to do. Really? How is that? No, no, within the first 15 minutes of the movie, you know what it's about. about. You don't know what it's about, but you don't need another three hours to tell you that. But you know exactly the tone, you know exactly the style, you can gauge where it's more or less going. Mm Um, and because even from the very beginning, they make it very clear that this is a movie about about us, humanity. about humanity. It's very, very fucking clear. But it's about humanity. But that's so fucking vague. When you look at it, I mean, I, I didn't. I heard another uh, video game related podcast. I was like, yeah, love that movie. When you think, the more I think about it, the less I like it, or the less I think it makes sense, because it is about humanity. But there's like raging against the system. And being nice to the dead trouble. I mean, the overall no, but, no, but that does, a lot of thought. No, but that, that the doesn't, overall theme is be nice to each other. No, but that doesn't bug me because I didn't. I didn't necessarily gauge an overall theme. To me, I sort of felt like you're just you're just trying to sort of give people an idea of how crazy everything is. But by having the same actors in each section, then I thought they were trying to be tight. Well, you see, I I think that that was that was an artistic choice again that sounds good on paper. And Jim Sturgis and Ben Whishaw look too alike under makeup. Jim Sturgis, for some weird, Jim Sturgis, I mean, fuck. I, mean, I, I, I tell you, the thing that bugged me most of all is I was actually really disappointed with the makeup. Well, I didn't see I, I felt, I felt, well, the, I, I felt the makeup was, it was almost like they were intending it to be kind of bad. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought Hugo Weaving as a chick with dog. Like, no, no, I mean, funny. there were some that worked, and there were some that I like. Like the uh, Korean section, was the weird. Korean section was fucking weird because they just they, they fucked it. Whatever way they tried to do the Westerners with Korean eyes, yeah. it just did not. Work. It just does not work. Although, and I thought what's her name, uh, Duna Bay, is it? Yeah. When no, yeah, her like she, she looked like she was getting off light on the makeup until the last part of the movie. He's like, ah, there she is, she's ginger. Yeah. Because <laughs> halfway through, we stopped kind of engaging with it and started playing. Bingo. Yeah. There's Tom Hanks. There we go. We got Tom Hanks in the in, in 2012. Where's um, Where's Ben Winshaw? I've seen him in 2012. Oh, there he is. Yeah. But but what? After a while, like what? Me watching it, I just I just found it to be a showcase for people to play against type. Mm. Like uh, like I, I I I like Hugh Grant as Jim Broadbent's brother. Yeah. I thought it was genius. And he's got like he's got, he's got a little Michael Caine thing going he's got, on. He's got a he's got a, a, a Jufro yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah, but he was doing Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah. He's and, got a, funny and, and I thought that was fucking genius. Yeah. That was awesome. Just like like Tom Hanks as the Doctor. Yeah. I thought I thought that was great. Like he's a creepy fuck. He's a creepy motherfucker. He looks like a, he looks like the guy from the Lucky Charms fucking. Boxes. And this is the only movie I think we'll ever get to hear Hugh Grant do an American accent. See. Yeah, Mr. Anderson. He was Hugh Grant was doing an American accent, like a New England American yeah. accent, and I was like, "Shit, fucking, why don't you do this, Michael?" Oh, but he's the, the, the nuclear power plant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like he's sleazy as fuck. I know, man. I know. I wanted to see this is going to be a boogie night style movie with him in flares and waistcoats for the whole movie and with that haircut. He's and, got the mad side party and he's wearing these big shades. And when he's and when he's the fucking cannibal tribe leader, he actually looks quite fucking fucking, fucking scary. Yeah, you know. I mean, for a bit, we're like, is that him? Yeah, yeah. So in that regard, I mean, after a while, because the movie's so fucking long, yeah. after a while, it just becomes this showcase for actors to prove they're more than what we thought they were. Yeah, and then Jim Robbins, because they're like, again, Jim Robbins, like, how are they going to make him young? And it's like, no, they're just going to turn him into Captain Birdside. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, I... The, the, I so who, it, was, it was Jim Sturgis who was the ninja in the future, right? Yes. He got some cool action scenes in that. Yeah, and, yeah. But it, he did seem ridiculously overpowered for everyone else around him. He just kept dying and coming back to life and... Doing ninja shit all over the place. I don't know why, but Jim Sturgis in this movie just fucking annoyed me. 
I think I guess it's because in a weird way and you haven't even seen Upside Down in, in, in a weird way I'm just so sick of Jim Sturgis I know you know he's just like when, I really liked him when he first came out mm. like when you like when uh, when Across the Universe yeah, came out the universe. When, yeah, no that, that's the that's Cirque du Soleil show which I saw was very good um, it's one of the major question everything you do in your life yeah <laughs> why am I even in the arts <laughs> when there are people with talent walking around on the roof <laughs> on, on, on tops of rings that are fucking spinning in space and all that kind of shit right the circus away yeah yeah very good stuff yeah yeah but I guess like I'm just sick of this cunt <laughs> he's a good actor but boy am I sick of him playing himself mm. <laughs> but it was fun to watch White Hot Berry he does kind of hot I thought White Hot Berry worked and Susan Simon worked in every time period she's just cool yeah and Ben Wyshaw is actually a pretty pretty convincing um, middle aged woman she was uh, Hugh Grant's wife in. Oh shit! I didn't because because at the end you can, you can. That's the thing. If you want to play Tyler as Bingo, when he gets to the end, they show each actor. And who they out play. out of, out of all of the men as women, yeah. I thought his was the most successful. I didn't even realize that was him. I yeah. Completely missed that. It looked like Jake Jill Clayburn. What what the fuck's going on? Oh, and that was the other thing. But there's, there's a point where it's like, oh, and this is in this is in this is in revenge for you copying off with Georgette, and you know when the Jamie Dodger did get like. So Georgette's the one from the other one. No, that's the one in the bed. This time, who? I mean, your names get a bit lost over time. Yeah. Um, also, I don't think soon the four five one message was strong enough to last the length of time. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I don't think so either. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, be nice. Let's listen to this android. Yeah. Pretty much. And yeah. and also. She's a fabricant. I'm, I'm watching the movie going. Why is Susan Sarandon here? Yeah, she's like, she's like, not, she's not background. She's not extra, but she's one level up from extra. It's like, what are you doing? So what is that, Keith David? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's he just, laughs like that's like Keith David. Ah, yeah. he's, he's just gonna, you can recognize his voice on the monitor. Yeah, it was just weird. Mm. It was just a weird film. What but, was his What was his plan with uh, fucking Hal Berry? I'm gonna wire you for sound so you can get run the fuck over. There's no cops involved. <laughs> what, the, what was that all about? I don't know. Now, okay, now you've hit him with the car. He's still fine. He's just got a concussion. You see, the problem when, when a movie is too long, it just makes you think about shit that you don't want to think about. Like, like you're watching the movie and then suddenly it's like you're just watching the movie and go, that chick was in The Host. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's uh, when... It, and, and Cloud Atlas was like that for me. It was, I'm watching the movie. You disengaged at some point. Yeah, and I just didn't feel it needed to be as long as it did. And maybe it's because whenever anyone attempts to, to make a movie of a, quote, unfilmable book, end quote, they just naturally feel that they need to spell everything out. Mm. And, you know, I mean, a book is like that because there's no time limit on your imagination. But in a film... Like, like what I said earlier, this could have been a short movie. Yeah. I, I think you could have made the exact same film in twenty minutes and still and still had the same impact. To be this long, it needed to have something amazing. The message of the movie had to be amazing at the end. It yeah. had to be something similar maybe to Life of Pi. Yeah, the ending of the Life of Pi changed the way I think about the rest of the movie. Oh shit! Are we going to review? Yes, we will. Yeah, we, got time. Uh, we don't. We don't. We don't. We're not doing movies for a while. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. But it doesn't. You know, the ending of the movie is just like, oh, all the stories ended. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, this is a revelation that will stay with me till the end of my days. That's right. The That's revelation right. that stays with me the end of my days is never trust anyone whose first name, first name begins in H and U. That's not a great revelation. Also, be not be, be excellent to each other always. Yeah, I love <laughs> Hugo Weaving. I just loved him as 
as that demon that haunts Tom Hanks. The, was it the George George or the Juju? The, the, whatever the old Georgie. Yeah. The old Georgie. I was like, holy shit, that guy deserves his own fucking movie. Yeah, you know what they made one. It's called Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. He's, he's playing Mr. Toad. He's, his skin is green. He's, he's, uh, they didn't really explain that. Like, what's wrong with Tom Hanks' brain? Why is he broken? Yeah. I'm going to let it do the telltale. Also, flashing, I was just like, at one point, someone that, you know, the, the, the future speak was thinking, I was thinking of um, Mad Max 3. And then someone got tackled. One of the cannibals did look a lot like Tina Turner in that movie. And then once it started breaking at the crossbows, we just started talking about The Walking Dead. <laughs> how awesome uh, Daryl Reedus, Daryl is, uh, wasn't he? Norman Reedus is whatever that mm-hmm. is. Yeah, just how awesome he was. So we got to start from there. <laughs> Which is that kind of movie. Yeah. But this is, this is one of those movies that, I mean, if, you're, if, you, if you are a fan of cinema, I do recommend you see it just yeah. to experience it because... And if you're a filmmaker, I recognize you see it to know what you shouldn't attempt. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, I mean, like, I did enjoy it. On, I, I mean, I'm not saying that I didn't, but mm. I, I had issues with it, but I cannot deny the balls involved in making it. And making it, they made it for, like, they did not have Hollywood money. No, they, they didn't. It, money this, this was... Because this it looks sumptuous. It looks It does, great. it even does. The, you know, even though if you think something looks as simple as the Cambridge scene and stuff like yeah. that, or the, you know, the old ground cycle house, but the production design there is great. You know, you don't, you never, you're never lost on which time period you're in. Yep, absolutely right. So yeah, check it out. But yeah, interesting counterpoint with Life of Pi. So I mean, I think I, I reviewed Life of Pi, right? Yes, you did. Yeah. So what did you think? Oh, I thought it was a great film. Yeah. No, no, I loved it. I loved it. Um, you know, did you I see it in 3D. Yes, I did. So did you feel that? that I mean, that's why I only got the Oscar. Those 3D dissolves and wipes and stuff. And the way they they used multiple planes of depth. They did. They did. I mean, one thing that one thing that was nice is that uh, all of the all films that are nominated for Oscars are still playing in general release yeah. in LA. So. Well, they- yeah, yeah, because the whole movie. again going back to the whole campaigning thing is like people need to go check this shit out. So I was fortunate enough to see Life of Pi in 3D. Um, no, I thought it was an amazing film. It's the best 3D movie I've seen. Oh well, I don't know about that. You know, but Jaws 3D is still there. Yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> Fucking awesome. <laughs> Fucking Dennis Quaid dude. Uh, but still there you go. No, I, I I thought it was a great film. Um, I thought that uh, Pi, the kid who played Pi, was really, really good. Um, the pixels that played Richard Parker were excellent. I, I didn't know until afterwards that there was no real tiger, or very little of a real tiger. Yeah, uh, well, see, the thing, I was the opposite. I went in there knowing that there was yeah. no real tiger, and, and uh, you know, me and the uh, fucking Beauty Queen from Mars are just like, what the fuck? Which we can't tell. It's so fucking real. Yeah, it's you so know, good. It's so, so well amazing. Done. So amazing that it's bankrupted that fucking Company. visual effects place. <laughs> <laughs> some of uh, some of whom um, are Malaysian. Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck? Just can't. Nice an Oscar. Here's your pink slip. Just can't catch a break. No. You know. But you have you seen actually? We should mention. Should mention that earlier. There's a blog, a Tumblr blog called uh, Movies Before VFX, mm-hmm. and it's just the shots of all the green screens. So there is like a shot of Pi's lap with a pillow in it. Yeah. That's where they put Richard Packer's head. And the shots of like from Alice in Wonderland with just like Mia Wachikowski and uh, Jeremy Depp in mm-hmm. outfits and just surrounded by people on the green stage. Mm. It's just all photos before they do the effects. Just say like, please pay us money. Look at what we're actually fucking doing here. This is yeah. hard work. Yeah. You know, no, you've got two actors in a scene that there's 10 actors in and the background and everything else. And we've no. done all that work. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. And... Fuck! I, I just hope someone picks up fucking rhythm and use because 
they yeah. made this movie come come to life in a way that's unimaginable. It couldn't. I mean, when he's the shot when he's under the water swimming, you see the ship going down. It's yeah, amazing. It's an amazing. And it's they a, make water so amazing in that movie as well. I mean, like this. You know, I cried. Mm-hmm. I cried watching this fucking movie, and none of it was real. Mm-hmm. You know, so give these pe- fucking people some money. But I mean, I you know I, you just can't help but laugh. I mean, one of my favorite lines in it is is when they when they decide they're going to move to America. And it's like we shall sail for. We shall it's like the beginning of it, because the beginning of it, like I said in my review, is a little bit like Indian Emily. A little bit, a little bit. I mean, it's, it's fun though. It's yeah, like, yeah. It completely because everything I knew about it was the shipwreck stuff. I didn't. I thought they would just maybe flash back to it, but they actually gave you a good solid start. To I know, but you kind of needed that. Yeah, like, you, with, you know, without that, you wouldn't have that emotional anchor. And I just loved, and I loved uh, the meet, the first meeting between Pi and Richard Parker. Yeah. That before they get on the boat, just that that meeting of minds between the two of them before the father kind of interjects. Yeah, and and before I, he gets his hand fucking enough. Yeah, and it's a fucking tiger. I know, I know, but I love that bit where the dad's like saying, like, tomorrow we sail like Columbus. Yeah. Well, Columbus was looking for India. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny as well. I fucking, I, there's a lot of humor in it. Yeah. You know, and, and that whole thing at the end is like, I don't understand how he could leave me so unceremoniously. <laughs> <laughs> But what cracked me up was just the names of the animals, and, and, and it provided good humor. Yeah. What, what, because of the names of the animals, regardless of how dire things got, there was this uh, level of absurd humor because of what the animals did. I know, so he's ridiculously upbeat. Like, even when he's at his lowest, he's quite upbeat. Yeah. Not a little, like, made handmade for half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he's a little bit ashamed. Richard Parker, what are you doing? He's got a storm coming. You know, and uh, but I loved it. I thought it was an amazing film, and I was very, very happy that Ang Lee won Best Director. I mean, I, I think he deserved it. What did you think of the core of the movie, like that, the 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 end part? Is it the end? What you mean, like with the, the tale with the Japanese with the Japanese authorities, and how that what that reflects in the rest of the movie? It didn't bug me. Didn't bug you? Do you think it would, did it make you believe in God? You know what? I don't give a shit about that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, but I mean, but it is. It throws me. Fair enough. When you meet the meerkats, yeah, that's when you start thinking. No, but I mean, like, this, then it starts going a bit. No, it starts going a little. I mean, there, the movie goes in different places, but to me, I mean, like, the spiritual element is really up to you, mm. you know. And when they get to the fucking meerkat island that is shaped in that's shaped like a sleeping Buddha, mm. I mean, come on. Yeah, listen, you know, but you know, some of that could work out in it's the telling, it's the Baron Munchausen effect. But when he tells you the real story, yeah, I mean, that's kind of fucked up. It is, and it kind of makes home. I mean, it kind of makes the rest of the movie a bit fucked up as well. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I had no issues with that. I liked it. Oh, I liked it too. I mean, I just wanted to figure out what you thought of it. I, mean, I like it. I was like, oh. no, no, I I really liked that mm. because one thing that was nice about the film is that every sort of every, every kind of uh, point of view is given given a moment, mm. and and by having him tell the story when he's waiting for his wife and kids to come back, it surely got beyond it. Yeah, which made which is again nice. Yeah, becoming a team. And um, I, while I was uh, in LA, I had a conversation with someone who was, who was actually connected to um, that film, who, who was friends with the woman who played uh, his wife at the end. Oh. And apparently, there was a whole scene that was filmed that they didn't use, like with him and the family. Like, like, like Rafe's ball, he, 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 he sticks around, has a conversation. There was a whole scene that wasn't used. Mm. And apparently, the woman who plays his wife is uh, Deepak Chopra's sister. Oh, right. Oh, Efran Kemp's great. Hmm? Khan. That's, his, that's the guy the actor isn't it is it Irfan Khan yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's great he's really good he's really good as well his yeah. voice really he's, he's, he's I mean he, that, 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 that part was the part where I cried yeah. like at the end when he's 
sort of summing everything everything up, I was like, oh shit, oh fuck, oh! Oh, feelings, all these feelings, what am I doing? He's talking about his dad. <laughs> it's your fucker. The beginning was so funny, the whole pool thing and that, yeah, yeah, his yeah. uncle, yeah, the yeah. barrel chest and the fucking touch, it's, it's so humorous at the beginning. It's fantastic, great movie. Mm. I highly recommend. For some reason during that, I just remembered this other piece of news that we should have thought because we need to get your thoughts on this as a Turtles fan. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael Bay's hired Megan Fox to be April O'Neil. <laughs> what do you think? Well, you've heard... This movie is doomed! You heard what Peter Laird said, right? Yeah, he's like, I... No. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking me. Yeah. This movie's fucked. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna suck, I'm just saying it won't be the Ninja Turtles I love. Yeah, and they're still going with the alien, I yeah. Teenage Mutant yeah. Alien Turtles. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that they can't make a good movie out of it, I'm just saying it won't be the Ninja Turtles that I am a fan of. Yeah. What's well, the thing, right? There's a comic books and there was the cartoon I remember being. There's been like how many different cartoon versions already? There's there's, like, there's been a, a there's a one few, at the moment right now. Yeah, and on Nickelodeon, which is actually pretty good. I haven't seen any of that. It's actually pretty damn good. But there was like two before this between this and the yeah, yeah. the eighty the nineties one. I remember. Yeah, no, I mean the ninja the Ninja Turtles franchise has been everything has been fucking bastardized in every way imaginable, hmm. but yet somehow it all pales in comparison to what Michael Bay's doing with it. There was a late script that mentioned crying in the Technodrome. Yeah. Which is not part of the original kind of stuff, is it? No. I would like to see Crying Crying Dog. No, I don't ask your man. No, I, I wouldn't mind either. I mean, like, because the thing is, is that with Ninja Turtles, which, which is part of what has made it so enduring, is that it's not... As awesome as the early comics were, the, the children's cartoon actually did a pretty damn good job of... Kidifying it. Of kidifying it while... Yeah, kidifying it. While maintaining its dignity. Mm-hmm. And even the new show on, on Nickelodeon... Especially when Baxter turned into a fly. That's right. You know, and, 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 even, and, even, and even the, uh, the, the, the new Nickelodeon show is doing a very good job with that. I mean, I think what works very well is the fact that the, the personality, the characters have not changed. Mm. They're, they're kind Every, of, I wouldn't say they're archetypes, but they're that kind of evergreen thing that where you can... You know, it's like Batman. You can do... Yeah. Happy Day Glow Batman. You can do Happy Day Glow Turtles. You can do Frank Miller's Daredevil Turtles. Yeah. You can do Th- those, those, those quartet of characters each have their own distinctive personality types and, and, that weapons. Is, and weapons. And that is one thing that has never changed. Yeah. And that is why they've been able to evolve in such an amazing way, which is why the Ninja Turtles is such a powerful franchise. Um, uh, I'm not saying that what Michael Bay is doing with it is... I mean, it's, it's really hard to tell at this juncture yeah. because you don't know how much is true and how much isn't true. But everything that you've kind of heard suggests that they are changing things that don't need to be changed. Yeah, they're making the wrong choices. Yeah. You know, uh, they're trying to fucking fix things that aren't broken. And I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I'm not saying this movie's going to suck. I mean, for all I know, it might be a great movie. But based on what we know already, it's not going to be the Ninja Turtles that Ninja Turtles fans want. want. Well, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, he'll use uh, Mark Wahlberg and The Rock from Painting Game and bring them over and play two girls. You know, <laughs> my, my, I mean, the thing is, casting Megan Fox, honestly, doesn't really bug me that much. As be- long as she wears the yellow jumpsuit? Because, because, I mean, it's really about the character. Yeah. And whether or not you get April O'Neil right. And it's and kind April of... April O'Neil in the first live-action Turtles movie was atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of hard Although to... Although Casey Jones is cool. Yeah. Elias Cotillas. <laughs> 
you know, it's that's weird. <laughs> What's weird? It is like back then you didn't really know who he was, but now it's like fucking Casey Jones. <laughs> so that that's kind of weird. So right now, right now, as far as the Ninja Turtles, because you know, because I'm also a Michael Bay fan, mm-hmm. even though he's For a all his sins, even though he's a fucking lughead. You know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm just gonna wait until I see at the very least a teaser, yeah, or at least an onset picture or something. Because right now, how do they do the turtles in this? Is a mixture of live action. It's a con- it's a combination of CG and live action. So they're going to be the, the turtles going to be fully CG? Do they say? Or no, no. The turtles the, the, the turtles are going to be suits with uh, martial artists in them, and, and then and, and then like just it's they're they're probably CG dance. They're using the same template as where the wall things are, ah, which work very well. Which work very well. So we'll wait and see. Yeah. And with that, we will draw this edition of the McCabe Five Movie Review Podcast Chat Show to an end. Well, this will be the last one for a while. Unless I decide to go to Singapore. Yeah. Which you probably will. Probably will. Looks like I'm doing yeah, any work anyway. Because uh, I am leaving uh, KL for Singapore for a month and a half to do a production of The Importance of Being Honest. So if you do listen to this in Singapore, where can they catch that? They can catch that uh, from April 11th till March 5th or 6th, I can't remember. Until May, 5th or 6th. Otherwise, you're working backwards. Yeah. At the Drama Center Theater at the National Library, which is opposite Boogie's Junction. Cool. Anything else you'd like to plug in the meantime? No, that's about it. Well, you can catch some of my reading by writing at nerdspan.com and at starburstmagazine.com and hopefully in the next edition of Starburst that comes out. And if you like Esquire Magazine, I am the author of the film column for Esquire Magazine. Yeah. So, we'll finish it off with the Malaysian and U.S. box office top ten. At number ten in Malaysia, it's Hotel Deluxe. Number nine, A Good Day to Die Hard. I hear this movie sucks balls. It's terrible. <laughs> number eight, Gangsta Chulop. Number seven, Vishwarupam. Number six, Dark Skies. I heard good things about that. Hmm, number five, Beautiful Creatures. Uh, I saw that, but I'll review it next time. Number four, uh, Journey okay. to the West. It's, 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 a funnier, it's a funnier, less po-faced Twilight. Right. Number four, Journey to the West. I really want to see this. It's the new film by Stephen Chow. Yeah. Number three, Spiders. Number two, Rock. Ooh, Rimba, Barakambali. And number one, Jack the Giant Slayer, which is supposed to be terrible. Yeah. And in the US box office top ten, number ten, it's Dark Skies. Number nine, A Good Day to Die Hard. Number eight, Silver Linings Playbook, Oscar Bump. Number seven, Safe Haven. Number six, Escape from Fire. <laughs> I gotta mention this. Safe Haven stars, uh, it's, a, it's the adaptation of a new Nicholas Sparks novel. And it's uh, Josh Duhamel mm-hmm. and Juliana Huff. The chick from Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. And I was reading a review while I was in LA, from in LA Weekly, and it says that Juliana Huff displays all of the charisma of a personal assistant. That's an That's right. And uh, number five, we've got Snitch. Number which is supposed to be good as well. Yeah. Number four, The Last Exorcism, Part Two. The biggest oxymoron ever. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. Wasn't really the last, was it? Yeah. Number, last number three, twenty one and over. What's that? Uh, that's, oh, that's the that's the new film from the writers of the Hangover. Party party for yeah. twenty one year olds. Number two, Identity Thief, which is Jason Bateman and Melissa McCarthy. And number one, Jack the, the Giant, Giant Slayer, Slayer, which is turning into this year's John Carter. Yeah. Well, no, John Carter was good. Yeah, but actually, John Carter made more money in its opening week. Oh, really? If you have an Amazon Kindle account, you can get John Carter. John Carter, uh, I think it's called The Ghost of Hollywood or, or something like that. It's a book about the actual what went wrong with John Carter getting into the screen. Just on Kindle? You can't it, no, it's, it's available in book, but it's available. It's free on Kindle for today and a few other times. If you uh, in the U Amazon.com store or the Amazon.co.uk store, you can buy it for Kindle for free. 
Holy shit. So uh, if you like movies and you like hearing all the backstabbing that goes on in the making of a movie, go ahead and get it. And with that, we will leave you. Good night. Good night.